Praise the Lord, everyone. What a great day. I'm the only one having a great day. Man, it, it's, I, it's just good to serve the Lord, isn't it? Don't you love him? I mean, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of good things in that last song we just sang about the Lord's return and, and, and what's going to happen, and I'm excited about it. Uh, but I just want to talk to you a few moments today, if you don't mind. Uh, and I want to talk to you about the final word. The final word. You ever have that when uh, the final word at the house? And it's usually with, uh, with the kids, it's, uh, can we do this? No. Can we do this? No. Why? Because I said so. That's it. The final word. But I want to talk to you about the final word in regards to Christ. Why we serve the Lord. I want, to, I, I want to welcome everybody that's here. I want to welcome everybody that's online. I want to talk to you about something that's really dear to my heart. And it's simply this. I love this country. Not a popular thing to say, but I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it with pride. I love this country. Now, I don't, I don't think this country is perfect. And I know it's not because it's comprised of people. And people are not perfect. Uh, and I, I've had the privilege of, of traveling to a lot of different countries around the world and looking at them. And, and to be honest, there are some that if I had to, I could live in. And then there are others that's like, no, I wouldn't want to live here. You know, and, and the re there's some reasons why I love this country. One of them is what we're doing right now, openly worshiping the Lord, and we're broadcasting it to whoever wants to watch. And we are openly and without shame proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. We have brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries around the world. If they did that, they would find themselves locked in prison and persecuted. You say, well, why do you love this country? Because we have this freedom. And we should not hold this freedom as, as, a, as something that we're always going to have. I think 2020, which I think we've been in it for five years, 2020 uh, let us know how fast our religious freedoms could be taken away. So it's important to, to recognize the things that, that, that we have been given. And I don't think that the people in America are any greater than the people around the world. But I will tell you that, that there, there are countries, and no matter where I've gone, I've always loved the people. But sometimes the, those that are in leadership and the government over those people, you can feel it in the, in the air that it's, it's something that you can't proclaim what you really want to say. And here in America, I love it because we get, we get to have a part in this thing we call democracy. We have a part to play because we can get involved and we can try to make a difference. Don't you love that? 
So as a citizen, uh, I do my best to promote this country's best interests. That's why I like to vote. Now, I will never tell anybody how to vote. That's not my right. That's not my privilege. And it's not anybody else's privilege. That's your privilege. We live in America, and you get to vote for who you want. You just vote your conscience. And the reason why I like to vote, because that way I can complain afterward. Not really. Uh, we get to vote our conscience because we have people, men and women, that get up and they say, this is the direction we want to go. And we get to look at them and, and they're casting their vision. And we say, oh, I kind of like that vision. So you kind of vote for it. And, it, and it's part, it makes us feel good because we're part of this thing called democracy that, that we get to do our civic duty and, and have a voice. That we can actually get up and say, yes, I like this or I don't like that without fear of being ridiculed, criticized. Isn't it great? Don't you love it? Now, I, I will, I'm going to have to say that uh, I, I have voted for a while in my life. Every, every presidential election I, I have voted, and, and um, I normally don't vote for a person. I vote for a a thought or an idea or a concept that I like. But I will tell you, sometimes the people that I voted for didn't win. But I can tell you one thing. Every single person that did win was my president. I will say that again. Whether I agreed with them or not, every person that holds that office is my president. And I am required by the scripture to pray for that person. And I also know that it's, it's temporary, and if I don't like them, I get to vote again. Isn't that great? So, so... Um, for, for those, not us, because, you know, we're practically perfect. But there are some that are taking this thing way too serious. And, and, and I think sometimes as Christians, we fail to remember that though we live in this country and it's great, and there are Christians that live in other countries, and, and they say this, you know, that they love their country and, and, and they love where, where they were raised. But if you are a child of God, if you're a citizen... Your allegiance really lies someplace else. And here's, here's the problem that sometimes we have. We get so focused on this life, we get so focused on what's going on here, that we fail to realize that there is another place that should hold our devotion, that should hold our allegiance, that should hold our heart. A place where leadership is always fair and just and right. You say, well, where is that place? I want to move there. Well, you get the opportunity. It's called the kingdom of heaven. And this is the, the thing. When, when the scripture talks about the kingdom of heaven, Christians and, and people that aren't Christians, they kind of think of it as some ethereal in the, in the wind type of concept where when you leave this world that you'll go to the kingdom of heaven and, and you'll get a harp 
and you'll get a pretty white robe, and you'll get to play the harp. It's not it. The kingdom of heaven is not up there. The kingdom of heaven is with men right here. If you're a child of God, you're part of the kingdom of heaven. This is, this is what the scripture says, that the, that the kingdom of heaven, in Ephesians 2.19, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. That doesn't mean aliens from other, other planets. It means that you're no longer aliens as opposed to being a citizen, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus, and he said this, if you are a child of God, if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, if you have bowed your knee, you've confessed Christ, and the same Spirit which lived in Christ lives in you, you have been transformed. It doesn't matter which country in this world that you have been born into or which you have allegiance to or citizenship, you have graduated to something higher, something amazing. You are a child, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk to you a moment about the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is great. I'm a citizen. It's a real place. It's a real place. It's not up there. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven, Christ said the kingdom of heaven is with men. It's with us. It's a real place. And it's going to be there. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but it's living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, we are, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And, and even though we're here, we belong to another kingdom, to another nation, to another ruler. Ronald Reagan once, he had one of his ambassadors, newly, newly uh, nominated and, and appointed. And, and the story goes that, that President Reagan had a globe in his office, and he spun it a little bit, and he says, would you show me the nation that you're going to represent? So the new ambassador pointed and got it, and he pointed to the nation that, that he was going to be serving in. He said, no. That's not the nation that you're going to represent. You're going to serve there, but you're going to represent the United States. Look what Scripture has to say about that. Here, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though... God, we're making his appeal through us. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are not only part of the kingdom of heaven, but God in his infinite wisdom has placed us in this world. Do you think it's a coincidence that you're here living in this city right now or wherever you are, if you're watching online? God has ordained and he has placed you in the body of Christ. And each and every one of us are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative of another country that lives in a, in a country that's not his own or her own and lives 
and promotes the ideals and values of their, of their own nation. They are representative. And Paul said, each and every one of us, the children of God, we are ambassadors in this world. That we are here and our life, our action, our conduct, our character, our words, whatever we say, whatever we do, represents the kingdom of heaven which is at hand. And you say, well, the kingdom of heaven is something out there. No, it's right here. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You and I are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we get to be the ambassadors. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. We are the citizens that, that get to proclaim what our king once told. And you say, well, what is that which the king once told. And I'm so glad you asked that because I have an answer for you. It's found in the, in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, you know that scary book that has all the stuff that, that everybody likes to go to? I don't know why when we're new Christians, that's the first thing we want to do, go to the book of Revelation. I know why. I do this sometimes when I, when I have a book, I read the end. Because I want to know how it ends. And if it ends well, then I'll read the book. I've read the end of the book. I know what it does. I know what it says. The kingdom of heaven advances. We win. So here we are. and We're ambassadors. And we are to live by the laws of the kingdom on earth. And 1 Peter 2.11 says, I urge you as, as strangers in this land to abstain from the desires of this world. And what, what Peter was saying is, listen, live according to the laws of your kingdom, the laws of your nation, not the nation that you live in. And when we live by the laws of God, they will never contradict the laws of nature. There's two, there's two laws, basically, that, that we adhere to. Now, there are a lot of laws in the kingdom of heaven. But there's two that if you obey them, then you'll, then you'll automatically obey everything else. One is to love God, to love your king, to love your sovereign. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall worship him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, when, the, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, there's four out of those ten commandments that deal with your relationship with God to help you understand this is how you love God. You don't have any other idols before you. You don't take his name in vain. There are, there are four of those ten commandments that, that help us understand that if we, if we adhere to those, if we love God, then we're not going to have any other idols in our life, that we're not going to allow anything in our life that's going to hinder our relationship with him because we love him. I love what the scripture says, having not seen, yet you love. How many of us today, have, we have never seen Christ that we, that we know of and we've never, we've never touched him, we've, but we know he's alive, we know he's real, and we love him with a devotion that if somebody said renounce Christ or, or go to prison, you'd say, lock me up. Because we have a passion for Christ. We love him. He's our king. 
and we serve him. Four out of those ten commandments deal with our loving relationship with God. The other six deal with the second commandment, and that's our relationship with each other. See, four deal with our relationship with God. Six deal with our relationship with with people. Jesus said it this way, you got to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You say, who is your neighbor? Well, my neighbor is, is Pastor Sam, so I have to love him. Actually, your neighbor is any, any other human being that you ever come in contact with. Isn't it ironic that, that Scripture, the Ten Commandments, give us more commands about loving one another than they do about loving God? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? But here's the thing. As, as a, an ambassador, as a follower of and an adherent to the kingdom of heaven and the laws and the rules of the kingdom of heaven, when we love God and we love one another, that we're not going to break any other rules. Because if you love, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to go steal from them. You're not going to covet them. You're not, you're not going to, to lie against them. You're not going to do anything that's going to bring them harm because we love them as we love ourselves. I don't think there's anyone here. I guarantee you there's not anybody that's watching today that got up, looked in the mirror, and said, man, I can't stand you. I guarantee you got up this morning, looked in the mirror, and said, hey, baby. Because that's what we do. And Jesus said, you got you to love your fellow man the way you love yourself. You take care of yourself, you, you, you make sure you dress right, you make sure you act right, you make sure you talk right. And, and that's part of being a, an ambassador of Christ, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And when we live by those laws of loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, there is a difference. People will understand that you're not part of this world, that you're part of a nation just by the way you act and treat one another. Now, you know that Nancy and I, we go over to France a lot, and, and I've learned to play the part. I can look French. I can sit there and never smile. And I, I even have, have people come up and speak in French, and they'll ask me where to go, you know, or where they're going. And when I, when I say something in French, I always get the same response. Oh, you're American. I'm not fooling anybody, even though I try to, 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 to use their own language. When we love God and we love our neighbor as ourselves, people will know that you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. There's no hiding it. True love, truly devoted to God and truly devoted to one another, people are going to look and say, boy, that's, that's a child of God. That's, a, that's a, a Christian by the love. John said, this is how you're going to know that you're my disciples. It's the love that you have for one another. So, so we're ambassadors. I almost got off the trail there, but I found my way back. So... It was just a little spur. We went right back on the trail. We're good to go. Uh, as ambassadors of Christ, there's, 
in the book of Revelation, Jesus says something three times. Three times in the book of, of Revelation. And the first one is this, found in, in Revelation 1.8. Jesus is talking about his kingdom that he is going to establish on earth. A physical kingdom that's going to be established on earth. And he says in Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, if you look at that, and you say, well, why would he say that? Because he's saying Alpha and Omega, the first letter and last letter in the, in the Greek alphabet. What he's really saying is, I'm A to Z. I'm the beginning, I'm the end. I'm everything. I'm it. Can't look anywhere else. I'm it. And he says, I am everything, the start of your salvation, the end of your salvation, the start of your life, and the continuation of your life. Everything you know, everything you've had, everything you're going to be is found in me. I'm it. And he says, I am who is, I'm alive right now, and who was, and who is to come. I'm the Almighty. And Christ said that in response to his uh, talking to the church about setting up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Christ will establish a physical kingdom on earth. There's no debate about it. It's going to happen. Scripture tells us that, and, and you may, may, you know, believe a little differently on that. This is, that's okay, but here's, here's my take on it. I believe that when the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place, Christ is coming back for his church. That we will rise, we will meet the dead in Christ in the air. We're going to be transformed. We're going to have a new body that doesn't have this old sinful nature. And we are going to rule and reign with Christ. He is going to come back for his church. But seven years later or so at the end of the tribulation, he's coming back riding a white horse. And there's a lot of us that are going to be riding white horses with him. And at that point, at the end of that tribulation... He's not going to come back for his church, but he's coming back with his church. I like that. So if you don't like riding horses, you better get used to it. And it's going to be great. The Bible says he's going to take the false prophet and, and the Antichrist and cast him into the lake of fire. And, and then he's going to take the devil, the dirty old rotten devil. You know, the devil that always tells you that you're no good, that you're worthless, that you're useless, that God doesn't really love you, do you realize he is a liar? He can't tell you the truth. He knows the truth. Scripture says that the devil believes there's one God, and he trembles. He understands who Jesus is. But at that time, the Bible says there's going to be an angel that comes down from heaven. He's going to bind Satan with chains, and he's going to cast him into a bottomless pit and seal it up for a thousand years. Woo! We're going to be there to watch it. Wouldn't it be great if we're close enough to that, fire, uh, to that bottomless pit? If you could reach over, and if that angel could hear you and say, hey, would you shake him one time for me? Just rattle him really good. And then he's going to cast him into that pit. And then he's going to seal it up. And for a thousand years, the millennium, Christ is going to establish a physical kingdom on earth. And 
we're going to be in heaven playing harps. No, we're not. We are kings and priests. We are going to help him rule and reign. And you say, well, I thought my, my time of work was over. No, the type of work you're doing here is over. Then you're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. And, and, and I will be honest with you, when he comes back, the scripture says, and the nations will mourn. And the reason why the nations are going to mourn is because it's no longer going to be uh, Republican or Democrat or Independent or it's not going to be this party or that party or right or left. It's going to be a theocracy. It's going to be Christ alone that's going to sit on the throne. And Christ is going to rule and reign with righteousness. And every time that you and I think, boy, I wish the righteousness of God would prevail. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, which, which he is going to use you and I to, to help him rule and reign and to bring the nations to Christ, that, that during that time, his rule will be righteous and just and fair. And Jesus said, this is what I want you to do in Revelation 1.8. I want, John, I want you to help the churches understand that I am going to establish a kingdom on earth. It's going to happen. The second time that, that Jesus uses this phrase is found in Revelation 21.6. And he says this, and he said to me, talking about John, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end to him who is thirsty I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. There again, he's saying, I'm, I'm it. I'm from A to Z. I am everything there is. And what is he talking about this time? Is he talking about establishing his kingdom on earth? No, he is talking about this. He is talking about that the citizenship in the kingdom of heaven is for anybody that wants it. Let that soak in for a moment. Citizenship is for any of us that want it. And, and right now, this is the time. If you want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, this is the time. He goes on to explain where the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven during this time and, 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 and that, that there is no more tears and there's no more pain and there's no more sorrow and, and there's no more night because the, the Lamb of God is the light. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. Think about a life with everything that's negative is gone. Gosh. If I had more than one dance move, I'd break it out right now. Think about that. Think about that, that, that everything negative is gone. Everything unholy is gone. Everything unrighteous is gone. Everything that, that perverts the truth is gone. Every, everything that lies is gone. Every lie that's been covered up is, has been exposed. Everything is right and just and true and fair and full of the love and the grace of God. That's the kingdom of heaven. And he says, in this kingdom, there's no more tears. There's no more sorrow. You're not going to have your heart broken. Oh, think about that for a moment. And he says this. And he says, guys and gals, 
Guys, that's a California thing. Sorry. Y'all. I was trying to get the right word there. It's for whosoever will. You say, I would like to buy into that. I'd like to be a citizen of that kingdom. You can be. You got to go talk to the king. He said he won't turn anybody away. But my friends, if you wait until the Lord's coming back, when he comes back, that's too late. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. And, and I believe that you rose again. And I believe that you give life, eternal life, to whosoever will. And, and it's when you begin to have a conversation with God. And when you begin to open your heart and you say, I know that you know everything that's gone on in my life. And you know all the sin in my life. You know all the chaos in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit. But you and you alone are the one that can make it right. And when you begin to have an honest conversation with Christ. And you give your life to him. And you surrender it and say, it's not my will, but your will be done. It's not my, my goodness, but it's your goodness. And you ask him. To, to allow the blood that was shed on Calvary's tree to be poured on your life. And it cleanses you. It pardons you. It makes you right in the eyes of God. When you do that and you allow the presence and the Spirit of God to fill your life to overflowing, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, John, you got to write this down. My kingdom is going to be established. And, and, and I will allow anybody that comes to me to be part of the kingdom. Don't you like to win? I read the end of the book. I cheated. We win. We win big. You can be part of that glorious kingdom of heaven. Today, right now, whether you're here in church or whether you're watching online, it doesn't matter. You, but you have to begin a dialogue, a conversation with Christ. And you say, well, what do I have to do to accept Christ as my personal Savior? Those are words. Those are words. What Christ really wants is your heart. He wants devotion. And the only way that you can give your heart is through a conversation. Many conversations. Over and over and over again. To begin your relationship with Christ by being honest with Him and allow Him to transform you, to change you. He can pardon you. He can forgive you. My friends, this thing we call salvation is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. Many treat it that way, but it's not. It's about Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's about Christ loving us 
so much that he was willing to lay his life down so that you and I could have the opportunity to spend eternity with him. And why would he do that? It's for amazing love. And all he wants from us is to have a relationship with him. Kingdom of heaven is going to be big, huge. But I know that one day, somewhere in there, in the millennium, somewhere, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I, I don't, it's going to be a good job, I know. Because God loves us all, but I'm his favorite. But somewhere, somewhere in there, can you picture it in your mind's eye? You're working, you're serving the Lord, and the Lord himself. The one that died for your sins, the one that rose again, comes and talks to you. And you have an audience with the King of Glory. Not in prayer, but face to face. Can you imagine what that would be like? Friends, it's going to happen. And he invites us in to his kingdom whomsoever will. Here's the third one. Not only will Christ going to establish his kingdom, and not only it's for whomsoever will, but Christ's kingdom is eternal. In Revelation 22, 13, he talks about the, eterni- the, uh, the eternal perspective of, of the kingdom of heaven, and he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He says, I'm it. Once my kingdom's established, it will never fall. Think about that. Never fall. We will never have to vote for another leader because Christ will always be. We will never have to worry about trying to to pass good laws or bad laws because the laws are already established. And they are perfect. And need no change. It will be a time where sin is eradicated, done away with, removed. That throughout eternity, you get to be who you are. Scripture says you're going to be known as you are known. You'll be able to walk up to me and you'll know who I am. But the difference will be. My nature is going to be changed the same as your nature is going to be changed. And we will not have that that carnal nature that wars against our soul, that thinks bad thoughts, that that wants revenge, and that that leads us down paths where where the song said, Lord, you know, my, my heart is prone to wonder, not during that time, because there's, there's no part of us that will want to wonder from God, but we will be passionately in love with him and in love with, with humanity, and we will live with him without sin. No more wars. Think about a world where there are no wars, there is no anger, there's no animosity, there's no vengeance. Christ is going to set up his kingdom. It's for whomsoever will. 
and it's going to be for eternity. During this time in our country, when we are voting on which direction we want to go, can we put things in perspective? It's temporary. It's all temporary. But the kingdom of heaven, which is now, which we are, we're the ambassadors of Christ in this world. His kingdom is forever. It's eternal. It's already started in our hearts, and it will be a physical kingdom on earth. And we are participants. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Keep our eyes on the greater prize. And allow Christ to reign supreme in us. Would you stand with me, please? I love what, when, uh, when the disciples, Scripture tells us the disciples heard Jesus praying. And when they heard him praying, evidently he was pretty good at it. Because all of them looked at him and said, wow, teach me to pray like that. It wasn't that they didn't know how to pray. They knew how to pray. But when they heard Jesus pray, they said, man, I want to have that relationship. I want to have that communication. Teach me to pray the way you pray. And Jesus said this. He said, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Listen to that. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is with people. The kingdom of heaven is with you and I. May his will be done in our lives today. Man, we have a bright and glorious future. Full of joy. But right now, right now, if you're here and, and there's something in your, in your relationship and your walk with Christ that's hindering you, just let it go. Talk with the Lord about it. If you're watching online and, and perhaps you don't even know him, it begins with a conversation, with an understanding that he's alive and, and, and well today and he is listening with a listening ear to whoever will come to him today today is the time to get our perspective that we're children of God that the trumpet's going to sound one day and man life as we know it is going to get so much so much busier it's so amazing would you pray with me